0: Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights, Colleen McMillan, Flo Siegel,
1: and Anders Drew,
0: on Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you. Nothing. You're done. <laughs> story elements, Butler. Story is a great thing. About is what we're doing. You're telling Dude, me a story, a story and here. I don't.
0: I'm like, oh, you're
1: done. <laughs> you're done.
0: He hasn't. No, le- he's he's
1: still on. leaping, but he's not home yet. Right? <laughs> just They just need to do the episode before everyone dies. Ziggy. <laughs> so when he has sex with them,
0: <laughs> they bang.
1: You're <clears throat> ready. Me 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 me. Talking about movies, talking about 80s. Let's go. Hello, I'm Mike Field. And I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, Review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. What's up? Season 10 begins. Season 10, double digits. That's right. Nice. I can't believe we have gone this far. Wait. (laughs) Yes, it is. What? I'm editing season nine. I'm like, Uh, wait. Everybody knows that we're 10 ways ahead and we get yelled at. It's ridiculous that you're so far ahead. (laughs) I know. We should just, be on Thieves Season 11 right now. Oh no, that's a little too <laughs> far ahead. I, I don't know. I I I can't even remember them. Half the time when we're like have to do the commercials. Commercials or not, yeah, the commercials, but also the promos, I'm just like, what are we doing? What movies this week? Because I'm always confusing it with the movie we did in the pot in the in the broadcast. The right. broadcast in the podcast. All right.
0: Well, why don't you let everyone know what our movie's about, what it is. We are doing the 1987, The Secret of My Success, starring Michael J. Fox. If I had a collar, I would pop it now because this movie is so 80s. Recent college graduate, Brantley Foster, travels from his home in Kansas to New York City to pursue a new finance job. However, when Brantley arrives, he learns that his position has been eliminated and he's forced to take a job working for his inept uncle Howard, who became a company president through marriage. Brantley starts as a mere mailroom worker, but quickly climbs the corporate ladder when he begins posing. As an executive, it's so stupid enough it works. It is so it is.
1: (laughs) Uh, The secret of my success has a runtime of 111 minutes. It's rated PG-13. Production budget of 12 million dollars. It came out on April 10th, 1987, a Friday opening weekend. I did 7.7 million domestic. I'm rounding up domestic. It did 70 million. Nice job worldwide. (laughs) It did 111 million. So this is a pretty big hit. The world
0: loves Michael J.
1: Fox. It's actually the seventh highest grossing film of 1987. Wow. Outgrossing movies such such as RoboCop, Predator, Lethal Weapon, and Dirty Dancing. This big time hit. Damn. I know, right? It was number one at the box office for the first five weeks. Okay. So production company was Rastar or Rastar. That's right, right? Yeah, that's how I pronounce no, it, right? sitting <laughs> <Disciplined> by Universal <laughs> Pictures. Okay, I told everybody it came out on the 10th of April. It went up against the re-release of The Aristocats and a limited release, uh, John Die, Gothic, Amazing Grace and Chuck, Three for the Road and Making Mr. Right, so not a lot of things
0: it went up against. I don't think I've seen a single one of those films except for maybe The Aristocats when I
1: was really little. I've seen Amazing Grace and Chuck and The Aristocats, obviously. Uh, the week after the 17th, you had Project X, the Matthew Broderick Helen Hunt, let's save the chimps from being uh, tested on. You never saw Project X? I've seen parts of Project yeah. X. And a little movie called Raising Arizona. No idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, April 3rd, the week before, you had Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, like, the, you don't like any of the Police Academy movies? I like the first two. I can't really remember if I like the three, third, but I think the fourth is where I remember watching and going, uh... I, I, I
1: like the the fourth one's okay. The fourth one's got a lot of uh, I can't remember her name. She's really small, mousy voice, and she's like screen, uh, She's in the fourth one, I think, or maybe she's in the third one. I don't know. Uh, I, I would I would venture a guess that watching them now, you're probably having a lot of cringeworthy moments in that in those movies. Oh, I'm like, sure. Eh, yeah, that, that's not great. But um, back then they were. I mean, they made f-
0: six. At least six, yeah. I think no, I think they made six. This is the last Gutenberg one, right? Yeah, four is the last Gutenberg one, and I think they made two more with no, some of the. They people did returning. make six because
1: because I think five is they are out of Miami because that's when it has Heydor, when it's Dork on his. Uh, oh, that's the Miami one. Yeah, I've seen the Miami and one. the sixth one. I'm pretty sure is they went to Russia or they're in
0: Moscow or something like that. Okay,
1: for the life of me, I cannot remember what three or two are about. <laughs>
0: I remember I watched two and three and I remember two being pretty good still. Yeah.
1: So anyways, that's our police Academy knowledge. Uh, Join
0: us, uh, join us in in the fall of uh,
1: 2021 as we do yet another police Police Academy Academy podcast where uh, Butler will for sure be canceled. Okay. So (laughs) this movie is directed by Herbert Ross. He has been nominated for an Oscar for The Turning Point. He also directed Footloose and The Goodbye Girl. He's also a producer, and I'm just going to give you some of the movies he produced as well as directed. I don't know if he directed this one. I think he did, though. The 7% Solution, uh, Max Dugan Returns, Protocol, Steel Magnolias, True Colors, My Blue Heaven, and Boys on the Side. He did, in fact, direct uh, most of those. Screenplay was written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. They actually wrote a screenplay that was originally written by A.J. Carruthers. So Cash and Epps... uh, Junior, our uh, writing team, they have done Top Gun, Legal Eagles, Turner and Hooch, Dick Tracy, an episode we did a while back, Anaconda and the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas. And Carruthers has been has done Goodnight Town*, which was a TV show, Hero at Large, and The Happiest Millionaire. Cinematography by Carlo Di Palma. He's done uh, Mer- Manhattan Murder Mystery*. He's actually done a lot of the Woody Allen films, including Bullets Over Broadway. He's also done Radio Days. Composer David Foster. David Foster was nominated for several Oscars, but they've been mainly for uh, songs and movies. So like the Karate Kid Part Two, he wrote Glory of Love. And the Bodyguard, he wrote I Have Nothing. Those are both nominated. He did The Prayer in the movie Quest for Camelot. He was nominated for that. And he also composed the music for Santa Fire, which makes absolute sense when I just listed off two songs that everyone probably knows. And Santa Fire is just full of music that everyone knows. Right. Edited by Paul Hirsch who did a movie called Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. He edited that movie. He actually won the Oscar for that edit. Excuse me. He, edit, he won an Oscar for editing Star Wars. And then he also edited Empire Strikes Back. I apologize. He also did Ferris Bueller's uh, Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And then now let's we'll get into the cast as I stumble through that. Uh, Michael J. Fox plays Brantley <laughs> Foster and Carlton Whitfield. Uh, I don't know if if anyone knows who Michael J. Fox is, but he's obviously in Back to the Future. Uh, The TV show Family Ties, where you got to start. Midnight Madness, which is a movie that I like. Teen Wolf and TV show Spin City and the TV show Good Wife. So, yeah, well, I hope you all know who Michael J. Fox is. Maybe you don't know who Helen Slater is, who plays Christy Willis. She's Supergirl, man. That was her first movie. Was that her first yes, movie? Yes, I did not realize that. She's also Billie Jean in The Legend of Billie Jean. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Uh, no, I know of it, but I've not Ru- seen that. Ruthless People. And more recently, she's in the TV show The Lying Game. Ruthless People is really good. And Richard Jordan plays Howard Prescott. Uh, he is in The Hunt for October. He's in that, he's got one of my favorite lines in that movie when he's like, I'm a politician. And if I'm not kissing babies, I'm stealing the lollipops. <laughs> so I like, it. anyways, he's also in Dune, The Mean Season, and Logan's Run. Fun fact, well, not a fun fact, but sad fact. So, Richard Jordan was going to play Dr. Nichols in The Fugitive. But then he Oh, that's had, the character he was going to play? He was going to play the Nichols character. But then he got, he was got, he had a brain tumor, Ill and he passed away. I think like he had to drop out and then he passed away like I think months later, which is very sad, obviously. But I think he would have been awesome as Nichols. He would have yeah, been. That would have been a good role. Yeah. Uh, Margaret Whitten as Vera Prescott. I am today's day old that I really, that I just discovered that she's actually the owner in Major League One and Two. Mm-hmm. The, I didn't know that. For the life of me, I
0: didn't know that. As soon as she appeared on screen, I knew that. I did not know <laughs> that.
1: I I just and she's in the best of times. She that played, I didn't. She know. She plays Darla. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she and she's in the We did the best of times. Everyone. Uh, <laughs> and she's also in the TV show The Doctors. She passed away actually five years ago, 2016. So that's uh, another sad. I'm uh, really bringing everything. A lot out. of dead people in this movie. Though.
0: There are a lot of people <laughs> that have passed. I I I don't know if I texted you this. You did. I did. it's sad when we look up, when we research movies and you find out they're all passed away. Yeah. Especially like
1: a lot of these people I I remember uh, watching.
0: I was looking this up last night after I watched it going, oh man, he's right. Like every. I know.
1: And then I got to like like, Young. And I got to John Pankow and I'm like, oh God, is he dead? So he plays Fred. He's (laughs) awesome. The TV show Mad About You, TV show episodes and the movie To Live and Die in LA. Christopher Murney as Barney, or as he tells uh, Brantley in this movie, you can call me God. He's in Slapshot maximum overdrive and the tv show remember when which is an amc show which i went back and watched the trailer for that and i'm actually going to try to watch that if i can find it is that a newer show it's an older show but it's about a it's about a it's about a radio play like not a radio play so a radio station i think back during world war ii and it's supposed to be like slapstick amc did it it has like five seasons it looks okay. funny yeah All it looks right. pretty good uh gary ba- Bamman, excuse me jerry Bamman as art He's in Home Alone. He's the uncle in Home Alone that we all hate. Uh, he's also in Hiding Out. Do you what remember you Hiding did, Out, you little shit. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> Hiding Out with John Cryer, where he's the Wall Street guy and he and he's get he's a, gonna get killed. He's being someone's going after him because he discovered a secret, and so he dyes his hair and hides in high school as a student. No, yeah, you gotta watch that movie. <laughs> that, you want to talk about eighties? That, that's, 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 that's an eighties plot. He's also in the Bodyguard, which I don't remember what part. Uh, Carol Ann Susie, as Jean, the secretary in this movie. She's the voice of uh, Wallowitz's mom in Big Bang Theory. She obviously passed away during the show in 2014. She's also in My Blue Heaven. And then I got a bunch of kind of cameos here that we'll get to. Like Fred Gwynn is in this movie, plays Davenport. For those who don't know, he's in My Cousin Vinny and the Munsters. Mercedes Rule as the uh, waitress, Sheila. She's in Last Action Hero, which is what we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as I saw... Mark Margulis as the maintenance man. I'm like, hey, that's Hector Salamanca from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce McGill is in this movie. The only thing you need to know about Bruce McGill is that he's in Quantum Leap, the first episode and the last episode. Uh, Cindy Crawford has an appearance in this. She's in the fantastic film Fair Game. That is said with sarcastic tone. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bill, I'm going to say his name wrong, Bill Fagerbake or Fagerbake is in as Ron. He now, he's, he was a tall blonde guy. That was the it worked for Howard, like his his um one of his executives. Okay do do he's he's Dauber and Coach, but he's also the voice of Patrick in SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, is he? Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, a little fact, little fact there. All right, nice. Um. Okay, so uh, that's it. We'll get to some other stuff. I got a little notes here and there. I have a lot of viewing notes for this
0: movie. Uh, you have never you never saw this movie, right? I've seen this movie, but I was really i was probably in middle school when i watched this on like comedy central so So i know i've seen it it, but i just remember he was doing a double life thing that's yeah yeah, that's all
1: i remember i always remember uh i've seen this a couple times not recently so there was some stuff like one of my notes is like there's a lot of sex in this movie like like lots of sex just people yeah. hooking up, people getting... It's just, it is. I I'm thought just, there'd be more sex. Well, but, PG-13, so you yeah. can go too far. Although, you do see her breasts in the pool. I was gonna... That's yeah. one of my notes is... Uh,
0: yeah, she's yeah, like, whoa, PG-13, PG-13! I so didn't cut that very well.
1: <laughs> but you also, in that scene, did you notice that when she takes off his pants, you can see he's his... He's got tighty-whities yeah. on, yeah, under No, her. he's got the, the skin color. Oh, it's yeah, the skin yeah, color yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I, I just saw that. <laughs> but, um... Bad cut. Well, you know... It, <laughs> Tit
0: for tat. <laughs> Uh, So I guess I don't know. What's your first reaction to, to uh, the? Moment? My first reaction. You want to know my first reaction? Is my first note in this entire thing. Okay. So eighties exclamation point. Well, what point did point. you write that? Uh, as soon as the montage music popped up, as soon as the dad said his line of like, I don't know why you want to go to New York City. Yeah, the, I'm the, like, the eight, oh, yeah. oh man, the eighties <laughs> montage
1: music game is tight in this film. It it is.
0: Is. Dude, I, was, oh. I was all in as soon as that popped up. I was like, yes,
1: <laughs> yes. It is. This is like it, it is definitely. Like you would not if you just showed somebody this movie and they watch it, and you're like, guess the decade. They're they're gonna guess. <laughs> they're gonna know exactly where
0: where it is. <laughs> it's it's awesome. It's 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 so 80s. I mean, the movie is is good, but I think the fact that it's so 80s, like you can't do this movie the same way now. That it needs I think that 80s style really helps make this movie what it is well
1: this movie has a lot more I mean it's a comedy but this movie has a lot more uh story yeah
0: like dramatic elements in it yeah I I enjoyed this movie and it was fun it's a fun movie I wouldn't say it's a funny movie there were a no. couple of moments where I did laugh there were a couple of really like good funny jokes and good funny moments but for the most part it's just a fun movie
1: yeah and well I mean I mean we're Fairly intelligent people. Yeah. Do, do you even
0: understand what they did at the end? Like how they they got the they, company to buy uh, the controlling stock of the they, they got, got they got investors those guys, yes. to let um Brentley own a controlling stock in the company. But see, this is the thing. The
1: only they bought the only they bought five percent of the other company. Right. But they never explain this, but when Vera walks in, she's like, you know, I own 50.1% of the, but it's like, okay, well, when did you buy that? Like, what stock did you buy there? And and how does Howard not realize that like, he is so flippant with like cheating on his wife. Right. How does he not
0: realize that she is just a mere percentage point away from just taking control of the company? I think he, I think Howard thinks that they haven't understand him and Vera haven't understand, right. Where she knows he's a philanderer and he allows her to do her thing. And it's just always been that way. It's only when Christy kind of rebukes him finally for the last time. He's just like, all right, I need to catch fear in the act. I need something where I can kind of show Christy that I'm all in. That he's even considering that. The rest of the time, it's just kind of like, nah, me mean, my wife and I, we're good. We're good. Even though they're clearly not good. Yeah. So I think that's his like pompous attitude. His thinking that he's always on top.
1: Well, I mean, at that point, I, I think you really don't care because obviously we really don't care about the incestuous relationship that was happening between the aunt and uh, Brantley, mind oh, you. Vera didn't mind either, mind <laughs> you. I, I think the implication was the fact that they are very distant
0: relatives, right? Yeah, Howard's the one that's blood, but it's but it's, it's super so, distant. It's so
1: distant, yeah, because yeah. he's like
0: you're the Kansas farm, but Fosters or whatever. It's for whatever. A yeah, long
1: tail like. from there. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Uh, I, to, to that point when he, when their first meeting, when he first meets Howard and he goes in the office, I, I wrote down cause he starts asking for a job and then he goes into this monologue and I'm like, for your consideration, Michael J. Fox.
0: It's I wrote like, down that. I liked the monologue no, I thought it was pretty good.
1: It just, it's, there's a lot of moments in this movie that I was just kind of like, what? And the first thing that popped in my mind was when he first sees Christy. And drinking from the water oh, fountain. My God. And it just goes to this, like, where are we? It the goes to this esoteric she- 80s. And, he, and and this giant sculpted painting behind her. And
0: she's just, like, walking. The abstract painting yeah. and her dress that matches it. Yeah, I'm just like, what is happening? Also, nobody drinks water from a water fountain that uh, I, that's I, sexy. My <laughs> note is, like, when
1: I first laid eyes on you, drinking from that water fountain like a robot, I know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> she's like, <laughs> no one does that. Blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. No <laughs> one drinks from a water fountain well. <laughs> well. I Well, my note here is the palm of the uh, cinematographer it, the note is it says he visually designed the moment, and I'm assuming it's when Brantley meets Christy to be a pictorial presentation of his dreams and ambitions. Right. And real and yes, that is what it is. But also, real quickly, his ambitions are really, really high. Like, I'm next time I come back, it's going to be my own
0: private jet. It's like, are, are you going to work for this at uh, all? Like, I'm going to have a beautiful girl. I'm going to have the the top office. Yeah. It, it's. Okay,
1: it's great to have those ambitions, but like, I don't think you're getting him after six months. Uh, he does. I, well, he yeah, I guess I guess just basically sleep around and you're going to get what it's you need. It's the
0: secret to his success.
1: <laughs> That's what it is? That's- yes. <laughs> Supposedly, this film is inspired by the early Hollywood experiences of Spielberg. Sneaking onto the Universal Studios lot, if if everyone doesn't know that, I guess he just walked onto the lot and just started pretending that he worked there. And he stuff found like that. an old,
0: uh, I believe yeah. he found an old art department office yeah. that was like off of the main building, and they were only using like two of like the eight rooms. So he yeah. took a room, snuck through the window every day, yeah. and started writing. I, I I love that story about Spielberg. Yeah, but if
1: you're not good at what you do, then that's not gonna. If you're not like if that's Joe Schmo and he sucks at making movies, he ain't he ain't last. Oh
0: long. oh yeah yeah. No 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 no. It's. That's how legends are born, or people just get arrested and go to jail. <laughs> there's only two ways that ends, which is what Fred kind of tells uh, Foster. It's like, there's two ways this ends. You either stay a suit or you get fired. Yeah.
1: Fred must have said, don't, must have said consort with suits like 10 times in five minutes of the movie. Just
0: kept saying it. Absolutely. To the
1: point I was like, shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore.
0: Uh, suits. Don't say suits. Suits, man. suits, 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 <laughs> suits, 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 suits. Suits, watch out for suits. Uh, Fields, su- wait. Suits. Don't consort with suits. I, I can with suits. <laughs> what I don't like is like the scene afterward, he's saying good morning to all the suits and they're all like, oh, good morning, good morning. And he's all happy about it. Yeah. But you never get a scene where he like really connects back with the, the underlings, like the mailroom clerks and the secretaries. You never really get that well my note one of my notes here is that he starts morphing into a
1: sleaze like, like exactly like, yeah it's it's a bad lesson he he just starts doing things and saying things where he's just it's not like hey i'm a go-getter i'm getting stuff he's like i need you to do this i need you to do this 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 it's like okay i'll see you. i'll be back it's like mm, you're kind of morphing into your uncle
0: you want to get some chinese get yeah. me some chinese i'm i want to, some Chinese. but i want to talk about one thing that i
1: i think i don't know if you can just say well it's the 80s He pursues Christy really hard, like really, really hard. It's the 80s, Come on. No,
0: I have that note too. It's like, uh, no. My note was like, dude, back off. Jesus. You're not charming. You're not clever. You're not witty or funny. It's just, you're just being, oh, so weird. So weird. It's like, like incessant incessant on her
1: about like hey what about hey what's up hey God, i think you're the most beautiful girl in the world it's like dude she move away it's like no way with that obviously i don't understand i don't know it, it i don't think times have not changed in terms of people acting that way i think times have changed in terms of people being like yo dude not gonna that walk. not being as acceptable right, right right but it
0: never should have been but you know what i mean like he is he is actively, he's, he's way, it's way too much. Even back in the eighties, I think that would be like, she would be, no, she's not ending up with him that way. Right. Right. Um, I do think they have moments like in the, in the diner and stuff where he's being a little bit more coy about it. Not coy, but, but he's being he's a little bit more getting charming it, about it. Right. He's still getting to it. But to the other scenes, like in the office building and when they're uh, on the street afterward, he gets, yeah, just way too creepy about it. Yeah. Just way too. And he's like right in her ear too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but this movie is so 80s. When they are outside in that street and they are looking at that mannequin for way too long for no reason, I'm like, is that mannequin coming to life? Is this the crossover? I didn't know I all, wanted. There's nothing wrong with mannequin. Maybe <laughs> the mannequin's
1: a little weird too. But uh, yeah, and then he like. But again, that was one of the moments where he pops. That's in, the like, hey. that's
0: where he's yeah. That's one of my notes where I get my creepy notes from. I'm like, come on, step back, dude. Well, let's ask. Let me ask this. And I'm
1: curious because I, I'm. I mean, I know we're two dudes, so maybe we can't really answer this. Is Michael J. Fox really a heartthrob? uh now this is the we're in the 80s so this is the
0: age of tiger beat yeah the michael j fox is a uh, good looking guy yeah I'll, uh, it, he's he's
1: listen he's, i'll say he's cute but are you are gonna, well, yeah. gonna tell me he's a heartthrob like you know like the all of every pretty much everybody in the outsiders like that kind of thing like
0: i don't I think he's any, different because he's cute because he's 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 smaller he's he's thin he's He's got the blue eyes. Like, I, uh, you know, like you said, we're two guys. So we can't really judge. But I think well, he's we can. Listen, we're, I'm comfortable. No, man. I'm comfortable talking about it. I'm just saying. We, <laughs> well, you're a little quick there, Butler. It's we, all right. <laughs> we bring about a different opinion. But I think that he is a different kind of leading man and a different kind of of heartthrob, a different kind of person that a girl wants to maybe want, wants to be with. Right. Um. Certainly, that's how it helped back to the future. That's what got him from back to. Uh, family ties onto other shows but can you but see here's the thing that he coming he's coming from family ties where it's which he was still filming
1: by the way yes he I filmed know. two movies in between yeah i know family seasons. ties is wrapping up at uh, in a couple years after this or yeah it wrapped up in 89 so yeah yeah but he was no. doing between four and five he did this that's movie a, and another movie that's back how to back. what they did that's, that's, when that's, the day he finished the he finished shooting this movie the next day was his first day for family, for family ties, ties yep. yeah so his role as Alex B. Keaton on Family Ties, and and I, I'm curious if anyone's listening to this, if they've ever heard of that, you should watch it. Family Ties is pretty good, although it it is rife in the very special episode sections. Uh, but <laughs> uh, like in that and in Back to the Future, it's, he's jokey. It's, you know what I mean? He's more like, it's like in this movie, when he is like kissing her, it's like, he's going in like, it's like, hey, what's up? like Like, I'm just like, that's not, I'm, that's unseen. Like, I've not, I can't put picture you in that
0: moment. Maybe no, that's yeah, that. that's definitely those moments is not like obviously girls aren't going to want that. That's not the I Michael J. Fox I don't know. that I think people want. But I think in terms of just his look, but yeah, I think I don't think people are watching this movie going. I want a guy who's like that.
1: Well, <laughs> while we are on the topic of uh, you know sex scenes, every time I hear the song "Oh Yeah" from Yellow, I just instantly am conditioned to think about okay, something sexual is happening on screen.
0: First of all, <laughs> that's Ferris Bueller's song. Well, and it's a year the same after. director. This is the same director. I still, same composer. I really don't care. I was still watching it, going, "Come on, a year after, same. and you're just using it over and over." But I wrote. Bueller but now. I always remember the song from this movie. I always do. I only know it from Bueller, man. I'm like, just like, come on, you can't, you can't use it unless you're absolutely doing a, a Bueller rip off. not know. It's the, same, it's the same composer and director. Why wouldn't they just use the same t-
1: music? If uh, be, it, you I, already used it. It almost like I almost think like they put it in there. To have it in there, just to go, oh, we'll put something else in there, like just as a placeholder, as a and, then, and it
0: works, and I liked it. I don't know. It took me out every time it played. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I was just like, "Come on, this is something that you play now to be a harken back to eighties movies." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, something sexual is gonna happen, or someone has to run away from something. That's that's what plays when that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the song. He's he's that's with. no, that's not the running away song. But you might use it in that kind of situation, just right. to harken back. So the original script
1: was about Brantley, and I'm assuming this is the one that was written by Carruthers. still works for his uncle but falls in love with his prostitute. Right. But they got rid of that. I guess they said like, nah, let's not do that. It seems like a little bit of a pretty woman situation kind but I, of thing. But I'm wondering, was that inspired by Spielberg's life? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm joking. Did you also did you know that Helen Slater was not first cast as uh, Christy? I did. It was... um, Christy McNichol. Yeah, McNichol. Yeah. So she was the original choice, but she was fired two weeks before filming because out of fear that her bipolar disorder would make her difficult to work with. So that's a great look. Good job, guys. Nice. Nice job. Nice job. Also wouldn't
0: fly nowadays. Of course not. You would maybe do it, but you would pay her a lot of money to keep that Uh, hush-hush. I don't know. Back then. I mean... I'm saying nowadays. You no, do no, have no. To no have I got you. I don't shit. know if back.
1: I don't know. Who knows? I would assume she again. still got paid a little well, bit because two weeks before filming. But I should always couch this with, and I couch this all the time every other episode. So I'll couch it again in this episode. These are notes off the Internet. So they're only as good as the people that put them on there. So right, you know, that, that could be complete horse and horseshit and whatever. But, you know, either way, it doesn't look good. There was a sequel proposed, but they never they never made it. I'm OK with that. What's sequel? that sequel going to be? is it good? Uh, i need to get gonna richer be. is it going to be about how fred and Gene for some reason got a seat at the uh, board table boardroom table yeah, but makes like no they have sense. no
0: They've, I don't know. What kind of skills do they have? Again, that's to get, uh, all right, Brett, but Brantley's with the common people. He's with, but no, he becomes a sleaze. Yeah, he becomes, he becomes, a, becomes
1: yeah. the corporate stooges. He becomes a sleaze. And then we have to watch a closing credit sequence where they go to the opera and they're just running around dancing. And so he's like, come over here. Let's get, yeah. Let's, and like, they cut to a shot at Christy and she's looking at her ring in the light. Like, what is this? Oh, I've
0: got such a giant ring. I know. It's so nice to be super rigid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ronald Reagan probably saw, saw this movie and just like jizzed his pants the whole whoa, thing. Oh, whoa! Well, maybe I don't know. I don't think Ronald Reagan's a little too young for
1: yuppies. I don't know if he's a we could Well, it's yuppies yuppie.
0: turning into yeah into the into the top sleeves. Like yes, yeah,
1: uh, that's what I want.
0: It's, it's very 80s business world. I guess <laughs> as you get
1: older, it's very difficult to watch a movie and just kind of like root for the rich people. You know what I mean? Like I love the I love when. He is meeting all like the rich meet the rich people montage. They oh yeah, him. and then he's at the the gazebo and he's talking and like people are walking up there and I go, what could he possibly be talking about oh that's attracting God. all these people? His business like, acumen, right?
0: like his business acumen. Like, like what is he bringing up that these people don't already know? The Declaration of Independence had some flaws. Let me tell you how to build a perfect utopia. You know what I'm
1: saying, man? Like you know, like buy low, sell high, and it's like, go, oh, what? I never heard of that before.
0: <laughs> it's like he's Plato or Socrates. Like <laughs> he's not that brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> This is the same guy who 15 minutes ago was uh, taking a stick and composing orgasms. Yes, Yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to
1: pop open that beer can, spill the beer all yeah, over everywhere. Yeah. And be like, yeah, all right. It's like, listen, I know that you're living in a, in a dump. You don't have to treat it like a dump. And if you noticed, so he's sitting at a drafting table, right? Right. Okay. Probably 10, 15, 20 minutes earlier, he tells his secretary, this is what I need. Drafting table.
0: Do, do, do. It's like, so did you take all that home? Is that uh, because I don't remember seeing it in the the office. I I don't know. His office gets like filled with so much stuff I can't tell. Yeah. But sure, he took the drafting table. Why not? (laughs) Where's that montage? The secret of my... Sorry. sorry. Taking stuff home because I need to put it in the apartment. (laughs) What about the gunshot scene? Oh, that... My note is that (laughs) escalated really quickly.
1: (laughs) So he's... Uh, he's um he's on the phone he's in a phone booth what are those i know right <laughs> he's in a phone booth calling home and these guys go into this bar i guess to rob the joint Yeah. and it turns into this full-fledged hostage situation lady runs out
0: screaming police police right. like grab her put a gun to her head and pull her back yeah, in yeah police jump in they start firing like he
1: it's it like turns into this like obscene <laughs> uh <laughs> over the top um, hostage crisis and it's like no wonder 80s new york city gets a bad rap i mean I'm, i mean it's, i mean i know that it was tough but it's not that tough are you sure <laughs> <laughs> would you recommend would you recommend this to people now like people that are making movies or would you like suggest oh hey check this out I,
0: this don't, something- I don't know i mean i would i, I like it I like 80s movies. Um I think they'd have to be into 80s films, you think? Or in- I think they'd have to be into 80s films and I think that people younger than us, I don't know, would be into 80s films. I don't think they would really understand the
1: concept of the yuppies probably. Yeah, that's and, true. And that kind of mentality because obviously it's it's almost, I mean when you say yuppies it's probably it's not a,
0: it's not a word used where you're just kind of like those are nice guys. They're not. I think the word yuppie disappeared yeah. in 1995. I really don't think no, I get you. I don't think anybody yet. in their twenties no. is going to know what the term yuppie means. No,
1: a yuppie would be all the guys at the end of promising on women.
0: Those are all the yuppies. <laughs> yeah. No. Every character in uh, Martin Scorsese's Wall Street that everybody loves so yeah. much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's an '80s movie. It's an '80s comedy. It's got Michael G. Fox. It's got a great cast. It's got some nice moments or like funny moments. Um, I guess if you were to show someone now, someone like you want to see something quintessentially '80s. This is a good movie to show them. That's not Back to the Future because I mean there there are certain eighties movies that everybody will have seen: Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, um, in terms of comedy movies and stuff like that. You're right, um, right. Sixteen Can, any of those kind of movies, any of the uh, John Waters films or whatever.
1: You want to see New York
0: in the eighties where they're walking around with dead minks around their shoulders? Oh my god, he had like eight <laughs> dead minks. I was like. You don't see that anymore. That's gross. <laughs> the Secret of my success <laughs> is I like to kill animals. You looking for a man? Got eight right here. Would you like to drape this dead animal <laughs> around your neck? How about when he talks? When they keep cutting back
1: to him and his parents? They have the beginning of the, the his farmer parents, and they're like, "Why do you want to go to New
0: York City?" All that. I stuff. could tell him what's in there. How could you tell him if you've never been?
1: How about the fact that he's talking to his mom? Yeah, "Ma, I want to go to the city, experience life. You know, the love of a good woman. Why are you telling your mother that? Your mother doesn't need to." know that because
0: <laughs> he's a sleaze he's a douche she's a yuppie i want to find a woman and just incessantly ask her out for a month and then wear her down that's <laughs> how it is mom and then when i find out that she's doing the exact same thing that i'm doing i'm gonna call her a bimbo oh i know yeah you know what? Maybe I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do although to be fair, she did steal from him, which is just kind of like he was like it's extra upset. Uh, like, come but. on, she was just, that's that was a little that was in the beginning before she even knew him. She should have found out about that earlier. That all every part of that whole sequence comes about at the end to wrap up the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh man, we need to finish this up. Mm-hmm. And and I like the scene. I like the scene where they're all going into each other's rooms and, and they all end up together like it's it's very clue esque, it's very slapsticky. Do you like the lamp man out of hooves? I didn't notice that. So when
1: he first checks his watch when uh, uh Brantley checks his watch to see what time it is, he's next to like this lamp that's got four deer hooves that are down and wrapped up and there's a lamp and I'm just like, "ew." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, no. Ew. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's something you see in like Hannibal when they hunt one of the killers it looks like he used every part. It's like <laughs> at some point he should have been like, "What time is it? What the hell is this I'm sitting next to?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, all that stuff comes way late in the movie. The whole like, oh, you found out you were spying on me. It's just like completely random. And yeah. then the scene in the elevator where they start making out and decide, oh, I've got the plan. Just it's yeah. complete like 180 for no reason other than, yeah. Yeah. oh, yeah. man, we want to keep this at two hours. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. Do you think it's too long? Uh, when I first started playing it, I think I texted you an hour and 57 minutes. You did. Come on. You did. That was um, accurate. 111 minutes actually but when i when i was watching it i did not feel like it was long at all because it's good it moves it's it's fun like i said it it might not be have the most laugh out loud moments but it's a really fun movie that i really enjoyed it's definitely a movie that is of the time
1: yeah that's not and negative and positive i you know i'm not going to hold any of the negative stuff that we're saying obviously about it against it because that's just it's It's a different time. 80s it's you know, it's. own what you did back then and move on. Right. Um, So, but it's definitely of the time, it's the seventh highest grossing film in 1987. So, I mean, that's it. People liked it and it's and it's a hit. And I've, I've always remembered the Katrina and the Wave song from this movie. That's always where, I, where every time I hear that song, I'm walking <laughs> on sunshine. All I think about is this movie because I always remember that. I always love the scene when he's flexing. I was going to say flexing in <laughs> the elevator. <laughs> uh, we're going to, can you
0: watch this? Can, can you go dry I Always remember that scene because I was just so, it, it made me laugh out loud when I first saw it. I like it. that because it's like, no one's like betting an eye because they're all such douchebags that you can oh, totally yeah. believe it. Yeah, I love the scene when they're on the rooftop and Prescott's running with his group. In the yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, check your pulse. Everyone's got to have the right heartbeat. I think my heart rate's a little too high. I don't care. Let's go. <laughs> do you think the Goodyear blimp is in there on purpose, or do you think it was just a happy accident? Oh, that's that's happy accident because that they obviously built that track on that it right was clear. And I'm looking at the
1: fence going. That fence
0: ain't secure. Like really that safe, can't yeah. be like great. We're going to have you guys run on here. Can somebody run on the outside and some people run on the inside? I would be deathly yeah. afraid of <laughs> tripping.
1: I I would, I would just in my head be picturing a, a massive trip and fall and I can't catch myself and I hit the fence and of course there's a bolt missing. Oh yeah. And, and, it would just take one guy to accidentally bump into you from behind. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen the movie or if you don't remember the movie, this fence is no, it's probably, I'm six foot four. It's probably up to my rib cage. How would yeah you even take it it's sad, like huh? it's the worst it's not even stronger than a chain link fence and it's around the top of a
0: skyscraper and it's it makes no sense no sense it makes sense if you think this is a utility roof and not for people to be on it's yeah. not a roof that on like other skyscrapers where you see tables and chairs set up they built the tracker on the air conditioner units yeah it's not great <laughs> <laughs> And then those treadmills that are the incline treadmills with the big old CRT TVs. Oh, I know <laughs> they look like microwaves. They're all like because the cameras can't pick it up; it's all flashing. I'm like, I hate one. Like, I get that it's it's tough because back then you the film camera is just going to pick up the refresh rate as it goes up. But I hate when they film TVs back in the 80s because it's That's, just like it looks terrible. Well, it's just because it's not on
1: the same frame.
0: Right. i i yeah. I get that, but that's it's like, why you have
1: the green screen they do that now though you have that green screen that shit right into the into the so two, you can't uh, see it, yeah, yeah, so you' anytime you anytime you see anybody watching t v on on a on a movie, they're watching blankness they're watching a green piece
0: of felt well, some of the um Q actually don't pick up the oh, that's good. things, but yeah, anything back then, but like '80s and '90s movies, it's like just turn the camera away from the TV. You don't have to show us hey, and get it done, or put it blurry in the background. It was good enough back then. It's good <laughs> enough now. Brother.
1: I think. I think everything you can't. Movies can't be perfect. I don't mind seeing mistakes in films,
0: but when the films are done right, because it's just like ah, eh, okay. Because you want to see it, mistakes. How about the fact that he uh, when he first brings uh, Aunt Vera back yep. to her place in Litchfield, which by the way, that's a hell of a drive from Manhattan. Yes, that's that's upstate Connecticut. Uh Lynchfield, yeah, you're going you gotta go yeah, yeah. Yeah. I looked it up. That's that's a three hour drive. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a ride.
1: That's that's listen not- that that yeah, oh yeah song lasted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Play this song on repeat, thank
0: you. <laughs> Alexa, oh wait, it's thirty years too early. Um I
1: wanna show you my hoof lamp.
0: But when they're in the Litchfield house and they go outside and she pours them the yep. whiskey or the scotch or whatever and he he's like drinking it and then he pretends like, Oh, okay, and he's like gross and he throws the whole thing behind him. The very next cut. He's got he's the, got a front yep. and center, it's filled exactly oh, to the yeah. brim. yeah And then he's drinking it, she goes, Have another. It's like he wasn't done with that first one. Yeah, I know. I remember <laughs> that. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh so this movie's a hit we just said right do you think because it's of the decade because it's of the 80s that's why we, we're calling it forgotten because it's so 80s that it's for, i mean it is we're su- coming up on 40 years since this movie right 30 years 34 years 34 years well wow. i am not 40 years <laughs> not yet <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll never you, Well, then that's a little odd. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> this came out 87. I was born in 87. Um, I mean, when you talk about Michael J. Fox movies, you're going to think about back to the future. If you're going to think about another one, you're going to think about teen wolf, I think in yep. terms of his eighties comedies. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about Michael J. Fox, those are what you're thinking of. And family ties uh, and family ties and where, where you get started. Yep. 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 Uh, I mean, I don't think it's completely forgotten. Like, you remember it. I know I saw it when I was very young on TV. But, yeah, nowadays I think it's tough to just see 80s movies on TV. I think that it's now so far removed that your your old movies are your 1990 movies. Um The thing with
1: Michael Michael J. Fox is that Back to the Future is so iconic that you really don't want to see him in anything else. He's always going to be Marty McFly. True. And eventually, when Rob Zemeckis passes away and they want to try to do the movie again and remake Back to the Future, which uh, buckle up, they're going to. It's going to happen. Uh, It's going to be very hard for people to separate the Marty McFly character from uh, Michael Michael J. J. Fox. For Uh, sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, excuse me, you know, like we have this movie. Then he does another movie after in uh, Bright Lights Big City, which is also about yuppies,
0: but it's more serious. Yeah, I've never I saw that yeah. that popped up after I watched my movie. Would you like to rent this? I'm it's like, a darker scene. It's it. a it's a darker film. You should you should see it. Then
1: I because I, and I always remember Casualties of War because Casualties of War was a movie that when he was doing it, it was like. It was a big deal because it was he was getting serious. He was, was doing drama, serious yeah. drama. Serious That's a good movie. I like that it's, movie. Yeah, it's tough subject matter, yeah. but yes. Uh, but like I always remember that because it was such a. Uh, this is the movie I'm doing. Uh, such a con- not concerted, yeah, concerted effort to do something different, right? And it didn't really do well in the, in the box office. Not it's not saying anything about the movie. It just didn't really perform well. And I just always remember that. But yeah, no, there's a lot of movies that he's done that just people just don't know because. They don't want to know, you know what I mean? And we've right. just done two in the last what six weeks, seven weeks, because we did Greedy. Yep, and and then this movie. But I think more people know this movie. I think more people, like this you said, probably more popular than Greedy for sure, right? I think people have probably been exposed to this on Comedy Central, like you were. Um, But they should go back and watch it. I guess at least the unabridged version, so that you can see the stuff that. You
0: oh, I'm sure there. I missed a whole bunch of it, but also it was like middle school when I watched it. So true, true. Stuff went over my head. I I think that. You also need to, I mean, things are so 80s, but I mean, I think people in their 20s and teens who are just like people that really want to do film yeah, or thinking about going into film or going to film school should watch 80s movies. I mean, it was a whole style and genre in and of itself, even though it encompassed multiple genres. Of course. All right, Mike. So uh, I want to tell everybody about us. We are Forgotten Cinema. Uh, You can find us on wherever you're listening to us now. Obviously, you're listening to us. Duh. If you're listening to (laughs) us anywhere where you can, please feel free to. Rate, review, subscribe. All that really helps us out and spreads the word about our podcast. Uh, And if you're listening to us on our website or somebody else is showing you this podcast, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music, Ghana Podcast. That's right. We're big in India, baby. Uh, Listen to us. Give us a listen. World tour. Review, subscribe. Coming
1: at you. And whoever's uh, showing you this podcast, hey, man, thanks a lot, man. That's real, yeah. that's awesome. Thanks for showing <laughs> our podcast. Uh, so season 10 has begun. Next week, we're going, we're fast forwarding. From 87 to 2018, Ooh. we're doing Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. You know, I do write <laughs> this these down. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is next week on Forgotten Cinema. Until then, I'm Mike Phil. Uh, I'm Mike Butler. This has been Forgotten Cinema. Why? And this has been Forgotten Cinema. Wow. Yeah, they're not oh, summer
0: anymore, man. Wow. Come on. Sorry.
1: And until then, I'm Mike Phil. Uh, I'm Mike Butler. And this has been Forgotten Cinema boom boom oh chica, chica. yeah
0: brother put, i gotta go change your shirt on. Clothes. yeah keep i gotta go change on. hold on hold chill on chill out <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna somehow get my pants over my shoes which i was very impressed with when he did that in the movie <laughs> <laughs> i was like damn <laughs>